0: People Deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. Happy Friday, people. Where's the time going? The week has flown by. Like I said, happy Friday to you guys. Good morning to those of you because it's six 6.30am right now in the UK. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and in some cases, good night. Welcome back to another edition of the DG Podcast, the Deluded Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. If you're listening via Spotify and Apple and them things, make sure you're following. Obviously, YouTube is the bread and butter. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following me across all my um socials. If you're not going to follow across all of them, make sure you're on Twitch, deludedguna 187 and deludedguna 4 on Instagram, people. Let's get to 10K on Insta. Now, like I just said, people, I hope you've all had a good week. It's Friday. I hope you've moved closer to your goals, hopes, dreams and aspirations. For me, this week has flowed, man. And I feel the weeks have been flying, especially since I've really tried to make a meal of this content thing. But we're back again, people. Once again, Bit of a slow news day, but let's just see how far we go with what I have to speak about. Like I said, I respect everyone that's locked in. I appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Let's jump straight into the meat of it, people. Pause. Um, You've got Switzerland versus Spain. It's Euros business today. Well, today is Euros business, but over the weekend, what, from Friday to Saturday, you know... Eight teams is going to be cut into four and then, you know, so on and so forth in the latter stages next week. So, yeah, in relation to the quarterfinals of the Europa League, sorry for the chair making noise, people. i got to make myself comfortable. I like to be comfortable when I chat to you lot. Switzerland versus Spain. Belgium versus Italy. The Czech Republic versus Denmark. You've got Ukraine versus England. I mean, all these other teams should just go yard because it's, it's clearly England. We're doing this thing, you know. we got to respect Ukraine, but we're going to go through and then probably beat the Czech Republic. Now... You can't pick a winner for me man. If you look at Belgium, Italy, clearly that's the one we're looking at in relation to the to, to 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 the games. That's the flag bearer, you know. Italy for me, if I'm honest, you know, they are one of the favorites, undoubtedly they're one of the best all-rounded sides. But like you've seen, for me anyways, when you're looking at these Euro teams, I have more admiration for the quote unquote smaller countries. Denmark, Czech Republic, you know, couple teams that went out in the group stages, Hungary, they've impressed me more than Germany, than than Belgium. Then Italy, because, you know, Italy, I mean, Belgium, they beat Portugal, but it weren't the best of performances, you know, cr- fantastic strike from Fulgen one shot on target. It's not sustainable. Italy, you know, the first time they beat a team that was half decent or, or wanted to actually try and win, Austria took them to extra time and, you know, them things there happened. France bucked a decent team in Switzerland. Obviously, they were in the group of death, um, but they got away with it. Out. Germany should have been out in the group stages, you know. Shout out to Hungary. Out when they played England. So it is well, it is adult fit you could pick a winner. So when I sit here and look at Belgium versus Italy, I think Italy will take it. I think Mancini's the better tactician. I think they have a whole better rounded squad. I think there's a I think Italy look more like a football team slightly to Belgium. It does look a bit individualist at Belgium. Um I just think there's greater strength in numbers as well if it does go the distance with Italy um, I think they've got more game management players yeah you, they, I'm not going to say Belgium don't have experience you look at the, the collective age of Togan, Toby Adaviro and, and uh, Vermalen people and then add to that you've got Witzel you've got Kevin De Bruyne Hazard forgan Hazard who isn't young there is experience in and around the team I just think Belgium have it um, I think Hazard's been good in this year in patches um, I think Witzel's been alright I think uh, Kevin's been okay but I just don't really see much from the Belgiums, so you can't really pick a winner, and obviously we don't know if Kevin and or Hazard are going to play a part, if any part. So uh, I'm pretty sure one of the two will, but. You'll have to see. I don't think you can pick one, but for what it's worth, this will be the fifth meeting between Belgium and Italy at a major tournament. All four previous meetings came in the group stages. This happened in in the 1954 World Cup, the European Championships, 1980, 2000 and 2016. Italy have avoided defeating all four matches, people, drawing one and winning three. Against no sides have Belgium played more matches at a major tournament without winning than Italy. Like you can see, that's four. That's level with France and Germany, folks, people. Um, So, yeah, and with Italy, I'm sure, you know, they want to get to the final. Italy have reached the quarterfinals of the European Championship for the fourth consecutive tournament people and Italy have conceded more than have only conceded more than once in one of their 18 matches at major tournaments which in in brackets Euro slash World Cup you'd have to go back to 2012 people Belgium have won seven of their last eight matches at the European Championships people Um, that exception in this run was at this stage at the Euros 2016 when they lost to Wales so both come into good form if I had to pick a winner I'm going with Italy Switzerland versus Spain again Spain you know, Croatia, Croatia, commiserations. Modric went down fighting for Croatia. They tried a thing. Switzerland, they beat France. Yeah, sadly, people are gonna focus on France and where it went wrong. And you're seeing all the stories about bus up, player frictions, even down to the hotels they're staying in. People, there's a massive inquest, as there should be with the world champions. And I agree with a lot of that. That has played some part. Um, but they went. Switzerland went through on merit. You know, Switzerland. Their manager got the tactics spot on, their players won their individual battles, you know, they bounced back from being out of the competition, what, they grabbed two goals in the last eight minutes, you know, street smart footballers like Seferovic, and again, I look at people like Eric Garcia, if he starts, Seferovic, he might not have as much time and as much joy, but he can definitely cause problems, and they're going to be without Granit Xhaka, who, you know, apart from being a reassuring voice on the sidelines or, um, you know, in training and that, he's picked up a yellow card, it is what it is, so naturally Switzerland's backs are against the wall, the problem is, I go with Spain, I just think Spain lack that killer instinct, they make games harder than it needs to be, apart from that Slovenia game, yeah, they might have on the face of it grabbed cut bare goals against Croatia, but apart from that last game in the group stages, they haven't played the potential, obviously Morata scored a fantastic goal, but that's the only danger, the The more you give Switzerland a a, a sort of inway into the game or in roles, the more they're going to take advantage of it, and like I said, both teams are there on merit, clearly Spain are going to dominate possession and things like that, but... You have to be careful. You know, I can't look past Spain, but at the same time, Switzerland dumped out the world champions, so you can't underestimate them, people. And again, Switzerland are here on merit. This is actually the first meeting between Switzerland and Spain at a European Championship, people. Um, For what it's worth, Spain have lost just one of... There are 22 matches with with Switzerland in all competitions, Um, so you have to make of it where it is, people. And Spain have become the first team in European history to score five-plus goals in consecutive matches, as you saw, people. Now, I do think that the last game kind of flatters it because Croatia gave you a goal. Ultimately, the quality showed. Switzerland have scored three goals in each of their last two European Championship matches, um, so again, they they can score, so that's a bit of an even one, I'm looking forward to seeing Switzerland versus Spain, like I said, if I had to bet money, I'm going with Spain, but be wary, Czech Republic versus Denmark is probably the most even fixture I feel, because they're both here because they deserve it, Czech Republic, very good football inside, they play decent football, you know, they can exploit set pieces, they back, them. what I like is they back themselves, no matter who they play, they respect their opposition and tailor it, but they back themselves, Denmark again, Great togetherness. Now, obviously, I don't want to speak about the Ericsson thing, but togetherness, the Ericsson thing, national pride, you know, just wanting to win something, it can take you a long way. And, you know, you've got damn statues playing well. Denmark versus Czech Republic is going to be an interesting one. If I had to bet money personally, it doesn't make sense because... I don't want to look ahead of Ukraine but I you know if everything goes this way for England I see England versus Czech Republic but I I think Denmark will win so as you lot know that don't make no sense so I have to go with Denmark I just feel Denmark are a bit slept on their... I wouldn't say dark horse but I think people move like they're just some pub team in and amongst some pro some pro ballers and i think you can't really disrespect them in that regards man this is the third meeting between the two sides people in the european championship um the czech uh, the czech republics uh, czech republic lads have won both of the previous games people that was in 04 and 2000 respectively in the euros people if you look at it, this could go to extra time because five of the last six matches between the two sides, people have ended in draws, people. their most recent. They're, they're friendly in November 2016. So it is what it is in that regards, man. Um, with a 4-1 victory over Russia and a 4-0 victory over Wales, Denmark became the first team in the European Championship history to score four plus goals in consecutive matches in the competition, people. When you look at it... Um, Denmark are averaging 18.8 shots and 7.3 shots on target per game so far at the Euros. So again, you don't shoot, you don't score. Typically, even when teams have scored, you haven't seen too many shots, let alone shot on target. You don't shoot, you don't score. You don't buy a lot of ticket, you can't be a lot of millionaire. So Denmark understand that. Um, and I think you look at Denmark, they've shown their pedigree. They lost to the French. They gave France a game um, when they bucked them. So did Hungary, to be fair with you. Was that this Euros? I don't think this was this year. that was this year sorry people not Denmark that, that was a friendly I'm talking about I'm speaking about Belgium they gave Belgium a game apologies I had to go back via my visual archives um so yeah that's the most even game if I had to predict a score line just to humor you lot Switzerland Spain I'm going with 2-0 Spain uh I'm going 2-1 Italy in the Belgium Italy clash I'm going penalties for Czech Republic Denmark 0-0 you know 1-1 going into pen, you know 1-0 to someone last 10 minute goal extra time penalties. Um, So once again, 2-0 Spain, 2-1 Italy. Penalties in Czech Republic versus Denmark. Ukraine versus England. Now, shout out to Ukraine because when you you look at them, fight in spirit. They dumped out the Swedish. They scored in extra time at the end against the 10 men Swedes. You know, Ukraine, I said it from the start, they play good football, you know. Again, they lost lost to Holland, sorry, in the first game of the season. um, Euros of the season. But they asked problems and I think, I, I said it before, I'm not really impressed by the bigger nations, you know, like, let's be real. I'm taking these victories But England are not Playing impressive Let's not cap You know There's individual Moments of brilliance You know And we're gassing it Like Saka Saka didn't really do much In that game But he had one two things Shaw wasn't going forward All game He went forward And he's involved in two Do you get it Kane was running around It's nice that he got his goal Sterling was okay But do you get it So there's finer margins Pickford was quality To be fair I'm not criticising Anyone's performance My thing is You know We're winning Even against Croatia We're winning these games We're gassing it But then when we look at it You can't We can only play What's in front of us. But it's not good performances where where you know it's not really sustainable and we're exploiting stupidness now. Fair play to Germany and Croatia. We can't listen. We beat them in it. Is what, it is what it is. We kept a clean sheet against the Germans, but let's not pretend we're a good footballing side for any stretch of the imagination. Now I know Southgate got it spot on with his tactics. I would have went free at the back. Um, I think Calvin Phillips was good. I think Rice was okay, but he's been struggling. You know he brought off Grealish, brought on Grealish, sorry, and he made the difference. Everything worked just like against Croatia. But let's be real. A lot of that concerned us, and a lot of that will. Um, like I said, Ukraine are playing good football. You can't disrespect Ukraine. I'm sh- us English fans, or supporters of the English national team, we're very optimistically pessimistic. In like, you know, we're a bit bipolar in that. We're very, pe- you know, we're all screaming it's coming home. Then a bit of us, you know, at some point in the pub, we're saying. Mm. Would be like us to beat the Germans and lose to the Ukrainians. It would be like us, wouldn't it? And obviously, I'm sure Shevchenko wants to shut us up. And you know, let's be honest, England. We're not get. You know, a lot of people are quick to call us arrogant and things like that. They're going to be on to us. You look at the Germans. You look at the Scottish. You look at anyone else. They're going to be on to us, people. You know, so nobody will. I, I don't think no one will be happier than non-English fans if England go out. So I'm a bit sure. Sh- I'm a bit shook. Obviously. We're in that dangerous territory now. I know there's a few players, but I know off the top of my head, I think Calvin Phillips, Harry Maguire, Declan Rice. I'm not sure about Mason Rapp Mount and stuff, but there's a couple other guys. Everybody's treading on thin ice. You pick up a yellow card, you're not playing against the Denmark or the Czech Republic. So it is what it is, isn't it? Um, There's rumours Southgate is going to drop back to a back four. And sorry, before I say that, like I said, we're saying I've been impressed by the smaller nations in the Euros. Ukraine have played good football. Czech Republic, Denmark, you know, a couple Hungary, couple nations that went out in the group stage and things they played with they had their heart. And like I said, when you look at the bigger nations, England are not playing good. Let's be real, we're not playing good. We're doing our thing. It's a feel good factor, but we're not playing good. Italy are playing good, but they're not playing to their full potential. Spain are not playing good. They're getting through, you know. Belgium are not going up the levels. Portugal are out because of the same logic. France are out because of the same logic. The Dutch are out because. Because of the same logic. Um So, yeah, man. It wouldn't surprise me if we bully, bully Germany and then start moving shaky. We're at the quarterfinal. So, like I said, I just want people to go out there and enjoy it. Like I said against Germany, you don't want no regrets, man. Don't let the game finish and... I should have had a shot. I should have did this. I should have done that, that. Like Harry Kane, start shooting, bro. Statistically, he's had one of the least shots in the, in in the Euros. Is that due to a lack of creativity? Is that something he can try and fix himself? Obviously, we're gonna need the Golden Man, Sterling. It's gonna be a very interesting clash, people, and we've got to be wary because Ukraine got nothing to lose. And I might be wrong, but you know, I'm not too sure for the Scottish game. That might have been at Wembley, and. I'm pretty sure we we might have played one game away from Wembley. Admittedly, people, I'm a bit appalling with that. But could it be a factor? You look at the Dutch, the minute they they leave the Amsterdam Arena or whatever, they're struggling. Could that be a thing now? We're not playing at Wembley, especially with the fans then back in there. We're going, I don't even know where the game is played, people. I think in Rome, um, in which some England fans, if you ain't been quarantining and, and some other things, you can't even go. So there's going to be a reduced home support. I don't know if Ukraine are going to be there in their numbers. I'd imagine they would be because it's their country. So So these are things we have to consider, um, I probably would go back to a back four against against Ukraine. You know me. Pickford picks himself in goal. Sure deserves to keep his place at left back. On the right-hand side, probably I'll go with Kyle Walker. I think Rhys James seems a bit overruled by the Euros occasion last time I saw him. I don't think Trippier's has handed it well enough, even when his, I think Trippier was quite poor against Germany. The, the best thing he did is pick up Sterling after his miss. So I'd probably go Pickford, uh, Maguire, Stones. They picked themselves. sure at left back, right back, Kyle Walker for me. In midfield, it would never happen, but personally, it's going to be Rice and Calvin Phillips. I would go with Calvin Phillips. I'd actually go Rice next to him. Um, Grealish in the 10. Sterling cannot be dropped on the left. Kane is going to play on the right. Uh, I mean, through the middle, sorry. And on the right, you know, I probably wouldn't start Saka still. You know, he could start, but, I, you know, he could start. So check, checky one, because he could start. Probably does deserve to start, but at the same time, you know, probably deserve to give someone else a run. You know, Jadon Sancho, obviously, Manchester United's Jadon Sancho, for me, I would like to see him play, but I don't think having getting marginalised minutes, you're just going to get thrown in. So at best, you're probably going to see a, like a Mason, a Phil Foden off that right-hand side, really and truly, or Saka retains its place. So that, that position is the only one that's a bit wary, but for me, I think you need Mount, because even against Germany, let's be real, we got away with it. But we needed at some point we needed someone like Grealish who could defend for us in a different way, in that just getting the ball higher up the field and relieving the pressure. I personally feel you can go with Rice and Phillips, but I would I think Phillips has been slightly better, and I think Mount can play there. You know, it's a bit like 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 Portugal. You know, they will they had Danilo and William Carvalho and and Bruno, and my man realized I can't do this. You know, Bruno's wasteful. Them man there, they are just piano pushes. They break play down, but they can't do anything else. Sanchez, Sanchez, Renato Sanchez, Sanchez, and obviously Jaumetinho, they're not sixes, but they can do that, and Mount can do that. Like, wherever Mount plays, bro, away from Mount's technical ability and stuff, what the Chelsea man always say, and we always say we watch him, he gets about. he's on defending, and I'm not being funny, I can't lie, I think he can play midfield, I see him as a proper out-and-out centre midfielder when when he gets on a bit, and he defends, and I think he's experienced. I just... I don't know, Mount and Rice would be good. Something just doesn't fill me with confidence there with Rice and Mount, not because of ability and and age don't make sense because Calvin Phillips isn't much older. I just feel Calvin Phillips is a bit more mature. So I think you could have went with a Phillips, Mount... Freeze up the Grealish 10 position Foden can't be dropped Like I said Right wing Arsenal bias I'll say Saka I would love to see Sanjo there But it's not going to happen You know you probably see Foden I don't even think Foden deserves to start it You know Foden's a star boy And ability deserves to But you know There's people that have Been performing better So we'll have to see man And like I said You cannot underestimate The Ukrainians people When you look at it England have lost just Listen There's every reason For Ukraine to turn up We have lost just One of their last Seven seven games against Ukraine in all comps um, We've met at a major Competition once and we won 1 0. If you lot remember in Euro 2020, Euro 2012. Sorry, of course, you would remember Euro 2020s now. Rooney scored. Ukraine have scored just three goals in their last seven games with England and never scored more than once a game. Each of England's previous three quarter final matches at the Euros have gone to extra time and penalties, so we'll have to see, people. England are only the second team in the European Championship history not to concede in any of the first four games, so there is a bit of solid foundations to build upon. You know, I'm going to go with a 2-0 England. So, you know, obviously I have to back a nation and that. So, like I said, to recap, 2-0 Spain, 2-1 Italy. Switzerland versus... Switzerland nil, Spain 2. Italy 2, Belgium 1. 0-0 in the Czech Republic. Denmark gaming, then it's extra time. 2-0 England. I'm going to say Harry Kane anytime. You know, you probably would bet on Raheem Sterling. I think it's time for a different goal scorer like... a. Uh, I don't know, man. Like a Harry Maguire or a John Stones or one of them sort of man there, or maybe Luke Shaw might just take a shot at unlikely score. Maybe even Trippier, Walker, in, You know, I don't know, man. I would go with Sterling. You can't really bet against Sterling. You know, I wonder. I remember see, I heard on the radio he was forty to one to be top goal scorer, and obviously it's, I think it's like seven to one, eight to one. I don't think you will get it, but it is what it is. Apparently, Cristiano Ronaldo is still the favorite. I don't know, man. I. Part of me would say bet on Lukaku But I think Italy are, are dumping them out But you never know He might I say 2 on It might be 3-2 And Lukaku's got 2 or a hat-trick That flips that on its head So that's the Euros people So over the next two days We're going to see what i go on And then obviously Tuesday and Wednesday You know four Eight teams turn into four Then four turns into two And then You know This time next week We'll be talking about the final Who Hopefully it's England versus Who would I want? Switzerland really <laughs> I can't cap, man. Switzerland really. Um hopefully but bring on whoever it is really and truly, man. you're in this competition to win stuff and do stuff, it um it would it makes sense, man. It is where it is in that regards, man. Um so yeah, that's that in relation to the Euros people. If we talk about a couple other things that that we're here to speak about, people, not that there's much, you know. You know, Jaden Sandro has completed a move, well will complete a move to Manchester United after the Euros, you know, it does on Jay Sanjo's part, I wouldn't say it's underwhelming, but it just feels like, I right, hurry up and get it done then, because it's been, you know, them and they have been trying to do this for two, three years now. Um, Dortmund checked themselves, because obviously they could have got more money last year. You know, United, who, you know, everybody's quick to, you know, there's been many examples of them overspending and oversharing and whatnot. And I just feel, considering they got him cheaper, considering it's in instalments and stuff, not that any transfer is. And I think United have done well. And for me, Sanjo's going to pay for himself. You know, Man United markability. He's probably the most marketable number seven they've had since, I want to say Ronaldo, but they did have Di Maria at a point. You know, he's going to cover that. He's going to get, you know, if Southgate leaves, he'll start playing for England and increase, increase in stature. Obviously. I don't like to read be that because again I don't know if he was a United fan, but he's English. He can be part of the DNA. He knows he knows what United means. I know he was allegedly a Chelsea fan, and he was at City, and he's deleted some of his City tweets. But there's that. Um, you know, he can be a leader amongst some of the younger players. Like he's a young man, but you look at a, you look at a, it's the same trail of thought with Rashford to be fair. But you look at a Greenwood. He's a he's an OG to Greenwood. So there's that. And obviously for Man United fans. There's mouthwatering prospects in the future of, you know, assuming Greenwood plays through the middle one day. You, you, you know, you could force it and just say in an imaginary world, Greenwood is a, is a great striker, but he's equally as good as a 10. Rashford has somehow realised how to play up front. You've got my man Jadon on the left or the right. You've got some other guy, you know, Diallo's there. You know, Diallo, Mason Greenwood, Jaden Sanjo, you know, Rashford. These are some good options. Now, you're looking at the manager and saying, how are you going to improve them? Because beyond, I, I think Oli is very good at... Never letting people's head drops. I really like, that's the one thing I like with him and Greenwood. Like he pulled him out at the right time and he brought him back in and I think there's, there's that sort of stuff. Obviously, one has to wonder and there is a bit of an Oli tax in that it don't, you get the degree that it don't matter who United are. With Oli going to social, no one's really going to hit full potential and it's fun and games having Sanjo. How's the ball going to get up there? You know, how are they going to create for him? If he's going to play off the right-hand side, you know, what's his relationship with Wambasaka going to be? I think you'll see a better Wambasaka as well because, you know, there'll be less emphasis on him getting forward. You know, he'll have to get forward, obviously. Um, I mean, Sanjo off the left would be amazing as well, and I'm sure there will be fantastic times for that. Obviously, there's Cavani there. I think these are some good options. Martial is still about, you know, forgotten man even by me just now. Will they sell Martial? I think that's harsh. But saying that, you know, can you really... To be fair, United are playing in bare games, you know, they might even get dropped down to the Europa again, but they've got Champions League, 38 games that come, what, four games minimum in the Champions League. Uh, I'm lying about four games, but four to six games, I can't remember, that's how long I've not been in it, but X amount, up to six games or whatever in the champs, in the group stages, plus, you know, if you go down to the Europa, it's even gazier. Um, It's, yeah, six games, 38 in the league, you know, FA Cup and Carlin to come. Obviously, sadly, there will be injuries and loss of form and stuff. I think there's enough games, but at the same time, people would say... I wouldn't say it's unbalanced, but people would say, how's everyone getting game time? You know, Cavani, great stuff, enter the season, signed the new deal. I think they need to keep Cavani because my bias is to play all these young Gs and stuff. But there are times you need experience. You need to bring that off the bench. You need to start that. You know, for me, they should be giving Greenwood every opportunity through the middle, like with us and Martinelli. But like against Martinelli for West Brom, there's games where, bro, it's, you know, it's, it's not a thing right now, in it. So Cavani gives them that. And obviously... You can never underestimate, I've said it, you know, Rashford, Martial, Sanjo if you're joining, Diallo, you know, any young striker that gets to train with the first team at Man United or attacking player. If you let, forget Cavani's finishing card, obviously you need to learn how to finish and that's great. If you let Cavani leave Man United and you haven't even got a little 2% better at movement, you're doing it wrong. Cause for me, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be learning Spanish just to speak to Cavani. I'd be bugging him. Why, why you make that movement? This and that. Cause I'm, long term, if Rashford's got that movement, Greenwood's got that movement. Someone's got that. Sanjo's a striker, but you understand movement it is what it is. Many people in today's day and age, they just, you know, they understand. They fail to understand what movement can do for you. It's not about skilling up a man all the time. You need to just blink, and you missed it, sort of thing. So. One has to wonder how everybody's going to get games and all of those sort of things because what? To my, no one's going to be happy being on the bench, innit? But you've got what? My, Daniel James, I can't lie. I'd be trying to sell him if I was Man United. He had a decent Euros low key. Be hollering Leeds, like, you know what? 2030, come and do your thing. You know, go and do where you need to go. Go live your life elsewhere, my guy. But, you know, Diallo, you know. Ahmed Diallo, Greenwood, Sanjo, Cavani, Martial, Rashford, you know that's like four, 5 6 man and I'm, there's probably a next one I'm forgetting. Um last time I checked there's only three positions up front. Obviously the 10 if you can do it. Um and it's all fun and games having them. It's about developing them now. How you going to take Sanjo's still only 21. How is he getting next level? Greenwood, how are you getting next level? Rashford I think it's less on Oli and more on Rashford in that case because his decision-making is toilet, man. His decision-making is that of a 16-year-old. It's like, I, I rate Rashford. I love Rashford. But it's like, you know, one of them ones where you look, look at someone and you're like, you're not even as wavy as I thought, you know. You're actually quite, in many degrees, shit at times. Um, So, yeah, man, it's good for him. Obviously, Spurs have finally got a manager. You know, pre-season he started, they needed one. Nuno, Aspirito, Santo has signed for them. It's going to be interesting to see what he's on, you know, uh don't really have him, you know, if you look at the statistics, he didn't, I know Jimenez got injured, but he's down for pressing, you know, he's quite defensive, the statistics don't really correlate to what your Daniel Levy said about Spurs DNA and stuff, well, to be fair, Spurs are cowardly, so it makes sense. But, yeah, who knows what what players he's going to get through the door and stuff like that. So, yeah, Nuno's the Spurs manager now. You know, I think Nuno will do all right. Again, he's only got a two-year deal, so he needs to do all right. Speaking of new managers, again, in the build-up to the game uh, that we that we beat the Germans, apparently Gareth Southgate is to be offered a new England contract, people, after Euro 2020. And, I, I, I you know what? The 50-year-old, he's doing all right and things like that. But... I don't think it's warranted. Obviously, if he wins it or he gets to the semis and things like that, what can you say? The semis is the mean, is the minimum. But let's be real. Beyond the euphoria and stuff, where he's not getting the best out of the team. The team is shaky. You know, the attacking players are crippled. We're actually losing players to other nations at times, you know. If you called up Eunice Musa, I know he was always going to do up America, but his head might have been turned. Jamal Musiala was, you know, he's like a girl. He doesn't know which husband to pick. One minute he's with Germany, then he's doing up England, you know. Germany were like, obviously they're out now. They're like, come and do your thing for us. We're talking about he needs to assert himself in the 21. So. Yeah, man, I think Southgate has pulled the nation together. I think he's good at keeping harmony in the squad. But DNA and all these things, I'm sorry. But most exciting team, you can't have a non-exciting manager. Of course, if he gets to the the final and semis and does these things, he deserves it. But I don't think it's been healthy. Again, it's a bit like Arteta at Arsenal, where you're promising man and giving man something way before they've really earned it. And it just provides complacency, in my humble opinion. Obviously, you know, on top of transfers, you're hearing Varane to Manchester United, you're seeing a lot of variable, varying truths in that regard, some are saying discussions, some are saying it's happening, some are saying he's still mulling over offers, you know, surely Real Madrid can't let him and Ramos go, I think Varane would be good at, 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 at United, you know, they tried to sign him when he was 19 with Real Madrid, um, he's got good recovery pace, I do think, he would be all right with Maguire because Maguire would be the leader. I don't have Varane down as a leadership sort of centre-half. He will listen to instructions, and I think he needs that. And I think that's where Spain... I mean, France, sorry, struggled. They struggled against Hungary. They definitely struggled against the experienced of Ferovich with him, Bembe, and Lingnet. No one takes charge of that defence. Obviously, language barrier is something. You know, again, I could sit here and give you the clichés, proven winner, experience, this and that. It'd be a good signing. But maybe, you know, you could have went for a younger guy that ties into a bit more of what you've got with Sanjo and Demler up front that can grow with the team as well. I don't know. Um, so it is what it is. But apparently Man United are interested in signing Raphael Varane. Initial talks have taken place and the France international remains a player um, United have under consideration. And obviously, do you know what, Varane, he'd be able to talk with De Gea if he starts via Spanish. I don't know his degree of English. Um, Wamba Saka might be English, but he's of Congolese descent. So there's that French barrier that can be broken down and spoken to. And I just see Varan, you know, United's defense at times is disjointed. You know, they you know Shaw's in form, but there's been times Shaw's been hung out to dry. The centre half partnerships, Varan's an upgrade on Lindelof, but like I said, the communication has to be spot on. And I mean if you're looking at the Euros, Varan has been, you know, quite troubled. He's you know he's hardly the Varan of a couple of years. Um that right hand side as well Pavardin and Varane were getting terrorised in in France's last two games in my opinion Suddenly if wan and Varane are not spot on Maguire's doing his own thing Dean Henderson's buki at the back It can get shaky but I think it's a better signing than people give it credit for. But I don't think Varane is as good as I and a lot of people still have him downers. You know, he's not going to come there and be the messiah. And I think United fans have seen that. They've signed how many stars? Every team. It doesn't. You need a structure and things. And he's got a wealth of experience and, and whatnot. So if it happens, it'll be a good signing. Apparently PSG are interested in him. We don't know if PSG are going to get Ramos and Varane, but it is what it is. You know, Mokinos and Sergio Ramos for PSG would be quite the mentality That's what they've missed. And Hakimi's there now. them I can't lie. PSG are upgrading people. Varane only has a year left on his deal. So when I hear 50 million, are United overpaying? I don't know. But, you know, it'd be a good signing for them. Um As I said, apparently Sergio Ramos is in talks with PSG. That would be a great signing because they need... Less individual they need individuality with the Mbappes and the Neymars and the other players, but they need to look like a team and I think they've 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 crumbled at times. You the way they went out to City, they crumbled. Like away from a sporting perspective. The way they were carrying on, the 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 Hayes, Maria, sorry, is getting sent off and all of them things. They didn't handle themselves. So I think suddenly if you bring in you know, Ramos, to go with Mekinos, who's got elite men's. Ronaldo, who's been around the block. You know, hakimi who's been at Inter and dealt with high pressure. To go with Neymar. Mbappe's linked again with leaving. Apparently, he doesn't want to renew his deal. He wants to go to Real Madrid now. Whether they can afford him is another thing. But at least for a year, there's potentially that. PSG are trying to get him to sign a new deal. So it could be a good one, man. It feels so weird talking about Sergio Ramos people and he's not at Real Madrid. Billy Gilmore, you know, he's apparently set to have his medical, as we know, and complete a move to Norwich. That's a good signing for him. Norwich play attractive football. They play good football. You know, look at how they've had exciting players, Cantwell, Buendia and them things. And I think it's the perfect way for him to get, it's the perfect team for him to go play a year under his belt. You know, get, you know, showing that you can do it twice, uh, uh, you know, twice, three times a week, because there was times, let's be real, you know, Gilmore got a couple of opportunities at Chelsea and he was meaty. like he, he was mad needy. Um and things equally, there was a time where who did he play? There was a was it City? Equally, there was a time he bossed City and he subbed at half time um, through tactical decision. I could be wrong about the opposition. The point is, Billy Gilmore's got a talent, he's played in the Euros now. It's about showing it every week now and then returning in the 2022 23 season. A much better, stronger player ready to shake things up. I don't know what Chelsea's midfield. Um, 3 double doubles going to be, you know, take someone's spot, whether that's Kovacic, Kante, uh, who's the other one? Jorginho, I'm not saying he's the same midfielder, my point being, you know, make the manager say, all right, boom, I have to change it up. It's like Sess at Arsenal, you know, Vieira had to leave because Wenger's saying, yo, you know what, you don't really work with good with you, Gilberto does, I have to change how I'm moving, that's what it is for Billy and I think it will happen man, you know, Billy's a very cultured footballer, very good, you know, and he's only going to go from strength to strength, so yeah, apparently the deal's been re- agreed, obviously he's tested positive for Covid, so when the isolation and them things there is done, he will complete his move, Um, so it is what it is. Um, lastly people um, apparently Marco Silva has joined Fulham he's taken over from Scott Parker I can't believe this guy is he a real person Because I'm yet to see this, man. I heard he he done mad things at, what was he? I'm sure he's at Olympiacos. He was highly rated at Watford, did shit. You know, highly rated at... The whole stage was annoying me because I was watching these games week in, week out. Man, they're telling me he's a good manager. And I'm looking at it like I don't know ball because I didn't really get it. He went Everton, frauded it, been out for a year and he's now signed a three-year deal with Fulham to get out of the championship. Only time will tell. I think he's overrated, I can't lie. You know me, I rarely say that, people. I just, what sort of crud is he on? What's he done? Man, seeing you at three clubs, the Everton thing you was meant to be wavy. I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen it. Scott Parker's going to become a Bournemouth, become, become Bournemouth gaffer. Um, if you're an Everton fan, Everton have confirmed they'll begin building their new 52k um, K capacity stadium just over that. In fact, on July 26th, as you lot know, the club announced they will take possession of the... Bramley Moore site on the date with contractors Lang O'Rourke, who are builders, beginning the first phase of the project. There's a 150-week build plan in place, which will see the Toffees start the 2024-25 2000, season in their new Riverside home. So it must be cold out there, man. But good luck to Everton building up team, people um, and whatnot. Apparently, Newcastle have called for the Premier League to... to to make takeover arbitration public. Apparently, Newcastle demanded that the Premier League make its takeover arbitration open to public scrutiny in an explosive statement. The club are set for a confidential behind-closed-door arbitration here in this, morn- this, this month to determine whether the public investment fund is separate from the Saudi state, a point which prevented the proposed takeover from advancing through. I think Newcastle deserve better owners. Mike Ashley, listen, I know how they feel. Big support, big club, big fans and them things there, you know, and then that's all, and their support and football's almost a religion. That's all being leveraged for someone who doesn't give a crap. So I think, by that logic, Newcastle should be trying to do whatever they're doing, trying to break into the top four, top six. And it does scare me, obviously, as an Arsenal fan. We're going backwards and to hear more or less, they'll be back like PSG and City with a Saudi state. There's a problem, but I don't see nothing wrong with someone who wants to invest in a football club. Obviously, you need to do it in a proper way, but they need a new owner, man. It's upsetting seeing that stuff, man, really and truly. So it is Well, it is in that regards firmly, people. On that note, though... um There isn't anything more to speak about, really. I can't lie. I was really struggling for content, but we've completed our little half an hour benchmark, people. So, yeah, man. Obviously, at the time of listening to this, if you're on Spotify and Apple, you lot are on job. So, make sure you're checking out the YouTube content. Subscribe to my YouTube if you haven't. If you're listening to this on YouTube, then obviously make sure by the time this comes out, you know I've probably done an Arsenal live stream. You know I'm doing the Euros watch along. So, make sure you're on task, you're on the ball, you're aware of such people. Content galore. Um... I told you, like, I save your season, I save your preseason. I put in this work. So, yeah, man, it's been a fantastic 34 minutes with you guys. Please take care. Please stay in good spirits. I hope you've all enjoyed what we've spoken about. And, yeah, man, next DG podcast will probably be about Tuesday and whatnot. Make sure you check out the last one. Make sure you check out the other content. And until we meet again, people, DG, thanks for listening, but I'm out. Bye.